I am Chris. Hi, I'm Matt. <laughs> Since when do you say hi before? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Roleplay Chat. <laughs> we are two game masters who can't stop talking about role-playing games. Today we talk about Halloween and how we can be an inspiration for one of your games. Yeah, we're going to try to focus in on roleplay so we can get better at it together and share some fun inspiration with you. Um, but the before first... we talk about Halloween, yeah, Chris, yeah, you always do this part, so I figured I'd take it from you. Yeah. How, how are you doing? You gearing up for Halloween in any special way? Uh, not really. Not, not for outside of like role-playing games, actually, because <laughs> we're not like with my 38 pregnant, 38 weeks pregnant wife. I've been saying it for weeks now, but like, uh, yeah, she's about to pop. So we're, we, we haven't gone crazy with decorations or even hanging out candy this year. Yeah. We've actually been told not to hand out candy, uh, our neighborhood association or what have you said, not, we're not allowed to do it. So I think we've been compensating by like decorating our lawn. <laughs> I thought we were going to say normal. by eating. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, yeah, we've been putting like all kinds of decorations. We've made some tombstones out of, out of uh, insulation foam. Basically copying a lot of the techniques I've learned from, from like, terrain building to make fake stone tombstones <laughs> um, yeah that's when our wives are really happy now that we've been spending hours in this hobby right <laughs> yeah exactly she was like oh this is the first time your styrofoam cutter has been useful and i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> it's been very useful for me thank you very much <laughs> uh, that's good actually in terms of like uh, handing out candies uh Two days ago, I noticed that my my front neighbor, the neighbor in front of me, actually created a kind of a slide where we have like a porch, like they have a porch uh, and they can actually, they have a slide. So if people are coming or when people are coming, I guess, they're like going to like slide candy, like social distancing style. Oh, that's it's cool. actually cool. It's all decorated and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I'm not sure how many kids will actually ask for candies, but we'll, we'll see. It's definitely a cool system, though. That's awesome. That's really neat. Um, and so you said you were, you've been focusing a little bit on role-playing games as well for your Halloween I mean, stuff. I mean, I, I, I'm, compared to normally, I wouldn't say I'm being focused right now because all of life stuff. But uh, we've played, actually, in, in the game. You're, you're one of my players uh, last weekend, so actually two days ago. Um, and... I, I, in my chaos of life that it is right now, I actually had the idea of like running a. I like running themed games, and because it's Halloween, I like to capitalize on that. One year, I ran like a ghost thing, and this year, I, I was going for a murder mystery vibe. So uh, we actually played a game. I can say it now because the reveal was done, but like we stopped last game with the murder of someone, and next weekend, Unless my wife pops, we'll we'll go with uh, with kind of like going in the murder mystery aspect of it. So yeah, I like to link kind of like the, the the theme and the mood that life is in right now with the, the 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 gray skies and the autumn leaves and everything. I think I think it's fun. Yeah, no, Halloween's a lot of fun for me too. I I haven't I haven't necessarily run that many Halloween games. I I, I feel like. Usually at this point of the year, 
I'm not running games. It, it, I don't know if it's like a lull in my seasons or, mm-hmm. or what have you, but I, I, I also really enjoy Halloween games. I, I find them just the Halloween spirit to be especially fun. You know, like you said, the, the, the changing leaves, but also just the, the thought of spooky, scary monsters out there. And, and, you know, I, back in, back when I, I guess I was less afraid of, of more, more trivial things, but, uh, I let, I, you know, monsters and scary movies and that kind of thing used to be a really big part of my life growing up in, in university. It's something that me and my wife used to do together, both thinking that the other one enjoyed them. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you telling me that where you kind of played the game of chicken for a while or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and now that we're older and we've been together for long enough, we don't have to pretend that we like them anymore. But but it's still a, it had a, it had a, a fun it was a fun part of our life. So I like to relive it around Halloween time. Um, but I I mean m- maybe we should get into the the meat of the conversation and talk about you know Halloween role playing games or, or thematic games. Uh, and the plan for today's episode, for those of you listening, is to kind of go through, again, what Halloween means to us in our games, what's special about it, and, and then to really list off a whole bunch of things that inspire us. But I'm not exactly sure where the conversation is going to lead us, as always, I, I guess. So uh, hopefully it'll be interesting. I, I think by the end of all this, at the very least, you're going to have a lot of ideas for potentially including them into your into your upcoming Halloween themed game. I think that's a great setup, Matt. Good job. Uh, <laughs> we had problems at the beginning, but uh, yeah, you really yeah, good good job capturing the essence of what we're trying to do, at least. Uh, so let's let's kick it off here with uh, well, maybe you can actually share um, one of your Halloween game, how your experience of it, and how is it different from maybe a normal game? Do you have a, an example of that? Yeah, well, I mean, one one time, uh, one of the games that I've run that I really liked, that I really enjoyed, which was a Halloween game, was uh, it, it was actually advertised as such. So uh, it was uh, it was kind of like a one shot. I invited a bunch of my friends over, and you know, it was the draw of the night was that we're going to be playing a Halloween themed role playing. It, it, it was uh, it was using D- the D and D four system, so it was a little while ago. And, you know, the house was decorated with, with Halloween things. Some people even showed up, like, in their Halloween costumes. So it was really, <laughs> it, it, it was this nice added ambiance to the, to the game that I, that I really appreciated. And people really took the game, for, for a one-shot, people took it very seriously, which was kind of different. Uh, for me, anyway, usually when I play one shots, it's, it's kind of sillier. It's more loosey goosey. But I, I guess you because the Halloween theme had a, an effect to like creating that, or or do you think it was unrelated? I, I think it was related. I think because it was a Halloween game, people kind of came into it maybe with different expectations. Like this isn't just an outlet for me to try a silly new character, but rather it's it's an opportunity for me to play in a thematic game um i'm sure yeah i was just gonna say it's interesting because that's that's a good point of i think when you when you say to your players or if you're a player and you hear we're gonna run like we're gonna do a halloween game i think people now kind of know a little bit what they're in for and maybe will help maintain this 
this theme, this ambiance at the table of maybe not laughing at there's obviously you can do the like very funny Halloween game, but like if you want to go spooky, I think it's it, it offers like a clear message of expectations of let's try to build that tension for it to be spooky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was fun. It was I, I'd like to do it again. Like it it was a really good experience, and and getting the opportunity to to set it up like that was was a lot of fun. Uh, how about yourself? You you talked a little bit about running a Halloween game, and I and I I've played played in it. So how about you? You, you talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go into details of what happened or anything, but I think the setup is kind of, it's, it's kind of interesting because uh, we were around Halloween time. I don't remember exactly the date, but, uh, and, and the game was heading, it, it, the main difference with yours is that it was not a one shot. It was in the main campaign. And in the main campaign, uh, there was a group of dwarves kind of help you with something with goblins. It wasn't, and and they were about to go uh, get uh, an ancient art- artifact of their uh, clan, and you guys had the way it was set up. It was supposed to be kind of goblins in in a mine, but once you got there, the mine was empty and there was wind. And I was and and because it was Halloween season, I, I kind of mentioned before the game. I think you, what was it? I think you mentioned something like, "Oh, it's Halloween. We could have." gone with a spooky thing and i said well maybe it is and everybody was like was like oh it's a spooky game i thought we we're killing goblins i'm like i don't know like i played in it like stupid and, and everybody got excited about potentially ghosts or something or vampires and people didn't really know it was a mystery but like it was kind of exploring the minds and figuring out that it was spooky and there was ghosts and there was skeletons and zombies and and it was kind of it felt like people going to see a movie that they knew the um, the um, maybe the lore, but they did not see, they did not know the story. You know, like I felt like mm-hmm. people were kind of discovering what kind of Halloween game it was, what kind of of scary things it was. So, uh, so yeah, it it really for me added a value of the buy-in from the player. And opportunities to to have the players help you with setting the ambience and also already knowing what you're going for. You know, sometimes you're trying to do something and maybe the player not picking up exactly on the vibes you're trying, like, oh, you're trying to be funny, or maybe not funny, but like you're trying to establish tension in a certain way. And but this is really clear and it was I felt like it was really easy to to run. Yeah, and it it felt really natural, which was kind of nice. For some reason, when I think of a Halloween game, I, I usually think of kind of like this this fishbowl or this like isolated experience that maybe is part of a greater experience, but it kind of starts and ends on its own. And you I have think to, it's because of movies. Yeah, I, it might it might be, um, but but I'm I was. I was just going to say, I, I was impressed that you, you kind of integrated it into the game and it, it, it felt natural that it happened then, you know, during, mm-hmm. during the, the fall and Halloween, but it, I don't think it would have felt out of place had you, had you run the exact same game at a different time. Yeah. So and, that's and kind that's, of impressive in its own right. Well, to be honest, I don't even know, like I knew I was capitalizing on the season. 
but like it would if it would have been during the summer i don't know if i would have run something different i just think it was it made it easier because of the mood of everybody um outside mm -hmm. and like i definitely think it there's an added value for it but but i i saw an opportunity and i jumped on it let's let's put it that way and uh yeah so it, it was cool and and to be fair that that game i think we played three times at that mine you know so it was it was we started around halloween and then it was basically the month of november and but and we got out of it like before christmas i think or something mm -hmm. like that you know uh so so yeah it was kind of a long halloween game but it was fun <laughs> to the, the reveal was done on halloween and that was that was definitely fun uh, so yeah, the, the excitement of everybody. So I think if you're listening to this, uh, it's it's good to either do, I guess, what Matt did and use it to get people excited about the game. For me, I already had the players to come at my house, so they got excited to run that type of game. Uh, yeah. Are there, are there other things about Halloween games? You know, when you think of a Halloween game, Chris, like... What is it that you like about them, or, or what is it about a Halloween game that's special, other than being able to kind of capitalize on everybody's mood? What is special? I think I think if we compare to other time of the year, you know, like if we think about Christmas, I feel like Christmas is very limiting. Where Halloween is is it gives you enough restriction, you know, like we we've, we've mentioned in the past. I think I feel like it, you need certain restriction to have inspiration and, and imagination in those restrictions. I think Halloween has the best ratio of like, we're limiting enough that we know what's not Halloween, but at the same time, there's so many things you can do with it. You know, you can do from like the slasher from to the, the, the very gross thing to like the jump scares to there, there's a lot of, there's a broad spectrum of of themes that you can you can explore, uh, and 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 the the way of doing it like I don't know like explore death, explore friendship, explore love. You can all do all of these within a Halloween game. I think so. Yeah, you're you're right. It's kind of like this weird lens that gets added to 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 your game, um, and. The, the spectrum of things that can be qualified as Halloween, I feel, is very broad, right? It's it's this large collection of anything that can make you feel scared, anything that can make you feel spooky or spooked out. Uh, monsters and gob not goblins, but vampires and werewolves. Like it, It's very much this... And, and, mm -hmm. and perhaps it's through media, right? Like, because of the wide array of horror movies and, and the horror genre, it kind of translates itself into Halloween very well. Um, but yeah, can, it's, it's sorry, I, was, I was just going to say, I think you can take pretty much anything and make it Halloween. Like, if you think of, like, Halloween before Christmas, or the, the night before Christmas. Is that the name of the... Yeah, I think it's the yeah, name of the Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, like, you can do... A lot of things you can do I, I don't know you, you can explore so much stuff and like you, you said goblins like oh no no not goblins but you could easily run a halloween games i know that's not like you were not saying you can't but like like when you said that i was like yeah why not a halloween where a game where the goblins are just the monsters in the woods 
surrounding everywhere and you're stuck in a cabin somewhere that it's isolated and you're trying to get out of it and the enemy is just goblins everywhere i mean that sounds like a cool like if you put the ambience and we have an episode on ambience and setting the mood for your game but like if you put an effort so i guess i'm i keep coming back to that i think that's a strong thing like when we ask the question what is so different about it i think the mood and maybe the lighting and even like candles and stuff like that might even be more important for those games. Yeah, absolutely. And the, like I said in the at the beginning when I was talking about my one of my you know my example, it's there is this like buy-in from the players already, which is really really nice. They kind of already have an unwritten expectation or uh, there's an unspoken expectation of of what a Halloween game is. And, and what I also like a lot about Halloween games is there's like this touchstone of like these these tropes that a lot of people know about. A lot of people can can associate or, or picture, you know, the the vampire sucking the blood out of a victim. It, there's this vivid imagery that mm-hmm. that people understand very very clearly, which makes Halloween games I feel especially easy to run. Uh, I'm not sure if that's something that you you agree with, Chris, but I yeah, love it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And that's actually, you're right. Like the imagery, it's easier to do descriptions because people have a clear idea. You know, like if we, I don't know, if I feel like describing creatures that we've seen many times in movies and books, and it, it it's easier if you just say werewolf, people know and and will have a reaction to it where other monster wouldn't it wouldn't create such a specific emotion uh i was just wondering i I don't want to detract from that but unless you were you wanted to explore that subject a little bit more uh no i mean that that was kind of the i I, I just was wondering for your for your spooky ship thing did you do anything different for ambience because i know right now at least now you you do a lot of things with candles and lighting and stuff like that but back then when you were running this did you do you remember doing anything to set that ambience music or something yeah there there was a lot of music i paid particular attention to like sound effects Mm -hmm. so i i had saved uh you know like the creaking door sound effect and the the ghost Mm. like the the chains one of the ghosts had a lot of like had chains all around them and that you could hear the chains like getting closer and closer so i would elevate the sound of the chains as as the ghost approached the players and if they would run away the 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 change would recede so i i paid a lot of attention to that um in terms of things at the table too i i had a lot of props which i normally don't have so i and and i mean the players coming in costume helped be part of that obviously but um yeah, but that, that that I think I think that's about it, uh, and the candles and the and the lighting and stuff. But I did that specifically for that game, and then stop. Like, and then on under normal circumstances, at that time I didn't do those things. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know now when I when I run games, it, it's commonplace to have candles and and the lighting and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, that's interesting because I believe this was also my first game of using lighting and one of the game i emphasize the the most with sound i had a soundtrack 
uh, I had low lights with candles all around. And actually, there was a scene uh, where, and that was one of the first times I used craft too. So there was like a two floor combat where the light was from the top, like my kitchen light. And it mm -hmm. kind of created this effect of like light coming from on from the top, but the shadow was at the bottom. And it, the monster was coming from the shadows. And yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting that this is so conducive to those elements because they're so ingrained with the the lore and what is a Halloween game. So I don't know if I'm, I'm thinking of anyone listening to this, if you haven't tried it, maybe I'd say if it if you haven't if you never run a game, this is a good time to try it. Like it's a good. I think there's a lot of easy stuff that comes with it. But if you already play a lot of games, this is a good time to push it to the next level. I think it's a good opportunity to push what you're trying, what you're comfortable with. You know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and I feel like especially for those of you playing now virtually, I I think if anything now is probably the easiest time for you to run a game with music and with sound effects because you're presumably sitting in front of your computer already. So it, I feel like it, it won't detract from, you know, pulling out the laptop to, to mess around with the sound in front of everybody at the table. You can just quickly, as the players are talking, shift over to like another monitor or what have you and, and have your music all set up. So it's... Uh, I, I think especially with the virtual setup, the the sound effects and the, and the music can be something that you can you could have your players do. Heck, you could even ask your players to you know play the game with a candle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everybody has one of those scented candles. Tell them to tell them to bring a candle and turn all the lights off or whatever. And <laughs> a, ro a romantic evening with the guys, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I, I think this. I mean, this touches a lot. And, and today, the goal was not to give, like, here's 10 tips on how to run Halloween games. I mean, we could do that. But, but for me, for us, it's more about talking about just what makes it special. Um, but, I mean, we talked about, like, candles and stuff like that to, 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 to make it, that, like, how to play, like, to run a Halloween game. But I think a lot of it is based on what inspire you because it's so broad. So I think we... I'd like to pick your brain map. Like, I know you have a lot of inspiration and I even, like you told me some of the names and I know like none of them. Uh, so I figured it's a good subject. Like what are your inspiration for a Halloween game, a scary game? Yeah, I, I have a, so full disclosure for those of you listening, Chris and I have a, a little list, but we don't have too many details there. So we'll see what happens when I, when we talk about these things and yeah. we'll obviously we'll ask each other questions, but um, I, I suppose the, the first thing on my list is, is kind of broad, but it's a, uh, it's kind of a, a, one of the worlds of the Mad magic, the gathering trading card game. And it's called the Innistrad. It's, it's the Innistrad block. And uh, Innistrad is like your, probably your most stereotypical like vampire world it, you know if, if you think of a place where there's these big castles like the castle raven loft in in D, &D picture you know you got your castles you got your counts who who are vampires uh you have your spooky <laughs> forests with with werewolves running through them 
Um, and then you have your 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 little villages with frightened people who are all part of some kind of uh, religious group of sorts that's kind of corrupt, and the leader of that is a demon. And there's all of these interactions between these 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 different factions between the vampires, the werewolves, the the, the poor villagers, the innocent villagers, uh, quote unquote, innocent villagers, and then the demons that run it in the shadows, and uh, it, it it creates this very nice atmosphere. I find so so whenever I am looking for something quick and easy uh, for me to be inspired for what to do in a in a Halloween game, even just pulling up the Wikipedia page for for Innistrad and looking up some of the you know, Magic does a really good job of having characters that they portray through through their cards, and a lot of the time, those characters have have stories, have a background, and objectives that they're seeking to do. So it's really like it's really good inspiration for an NPC or a villain or what have you, and you can take that almost verbatim and just throw in some you know some stats from whatever system you're running, and you've got yourself a you've got yourself a fun adventure there's a lot of really good artwork too um but now i feel like i'm rambling so yeah that, no, that's no no that's good that, that's good it's, i was laughing at the beginning because i feel like for those vampire thing they, they they are all they all originate from the same source it seems i haven't done my research on this but like uh, <laughs> I, i'm 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 a like everybody should know by now if you're listening for a, if you have been listening for a while I'm a really big fan of Warhammer, and they have the whole uh, equivalent for that, which is, I don't know why it's always Counts. You know, it's Count that Dracula, I guess, but, like, it's uh, also the Count. It's uh, Vlad von Karstein, which is kind of the... It's it's like uh, in D&D, there's, the, there's also the, the equivalent with the Curse of Strahd. Mm -hmm. And the name... What's the name of the... Um, it's Ravenloft for D&D. Uh, what's the equivalent for... Uh, for Innistrad? Well, so for magic, it's called Innistrad. I, I, I oh, Innistrad sorry. is the name of the of the castle. It's, well, no, it's the name of the it's the name of the like setting. I couldn't okay. tell you what the name of the what the name of the castle yeah, is, but it's so Ravenloft for for Warhammer. It's Drakenhof. So I'm assuming Hof in <laughs> German means like some. I don't I don't know it, but it must mean like keeper castle or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of funny to see the parallels and and you say Innistrad and then it's Curse of Strad and then Drakenhof, Ravenloft and I don't know, it's 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 funny. But yeah, another inspiration maybe like so so I like the idea of having your Innistrad thing for especially if people let's say you play D&D and your group knows Curse of Strad, like they know the whole Ravenloft thing. Well, if you run a if you want to run something similar but different enough to go and see the equivalent for magic and equivalent for Warhammer, which is the whole Vlad von Karstein thing. It's you can get a lot of the similar elements that is not going to be like it's going to be lore friendly in the sense that it's not going to break immersion, but it's going to be different enough to maybe give you parallel inspiration. So that's yeah, that's cool. yeah. And I know there's a lot of you that probably have run uh, Curse of Strata. I know it's probably arguably one of the most popular um you know prepared games or what, what i forget the word module. adventure module adventures yeah, yeah it's, it's probably the, one of the most popular so if you if you're listening and you've run curse of strat we'd love to hear you know your impressions on it personally i've never run it but 
just from talking about it, I get the I get the inkling that it's probably also a very good Halloween game, at, or, oh, or yeah. at least something related to Halloween. So I'd love to hear everyone's perspectives on that. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff I like. I said I I don't run a lot of D and D because I'm more into other systems. I play some D and D, but I'm still waiting for the day that someone's gonna run that for me. So I'm not. I don't want to read it because I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I mean, I, I Are feel you trying like... to give me a hint, Chris? Well, yeah. I mean, if you run it, I'm going to play it, that's for sure. But I mean, uh, right now in the games you run for me, you don't run D&D either. So, uh, but yeah, I'd be, I'd be down. My, my, my brother-in-law, who actually got into role-playing games for, like, with his kids, like, not even a year ago, bought it. And I was like, ah, oh, I would have loved to, like, play with my nephews. Mm. in this thing but he's live he lives six hours away and they don't play through roll 20 or anything so but yeah i i'd love to i'd love to play some some curse of strahd and i feel like it's kind of like not okay we have a po- we have a podcast we talk so much about role-playing games there are some like touchstones and that seems like one that i need i need to have under my belt like i need, uh-huh, I need uh-huh. to play this but <laughs> i mean i kind of get the idea that i kind of already know what's about what, what it is about but I still would like to play it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I echo those sentiments. Um, how about you, Chris? Are there, what's, I mean, I know there are because I see your list, but but what what, <laughs> what kind of things inspire you when it comes to, to yeah, Halloween games? My list is a little bit more uh, mainstream. I, I mean, I have some other things, but for me, I think it's easier to take some of the mainstream stuff. So let's take um, Walking Dead, for instance. So if if I want to run something that's zombie and disgusting and something like that, I can. I'm a big fan of Walking Dead. I love the the theme and the feeling they give of like constant dread and you're never safe. So for me, if I'm gonna run a game and I'm gonna go for this, I'm gonna want to have this as part of the game. So for instance, that means I will never run a Walking Day game, a Walking Dead game in my main campaign because I want to kill my players so like <laughs> abruptly you know like I think it would be it needs to be dangerous enough but at the same time I, my, my game with you guys is not as dangerous as Walking Dead should be uh-huh. I mean I could try to make it seem like it's that but I, I don't know I, it'd be risky for me so for me it would be more like I think I would run a whole multi-shot game where it's clear at the beginning that many people will die and to have a backup character kind of deal. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's the kind of inspiration. Like, take some movies, take some shows that I love, take what what really, what makes it what it is, and then take, every, like, implement this in my game. And for instance, like, I, I, I took Walking Dead as an example, but I love playing with those tropes, but at the same time, I'm... I love uh, subduing expectations. So using those tropes to send the players in one direction, thinking they know what's about to happen, and then flip that expectation. So for instance, if we talk about Curse of Strahd, if I know there's this vampire and there's a curse and he has a loved one that he he's a vampire, so he does all of this for his long lost love, or I don't know at all if that's Curse of Strahd, but like, let's say it is, and there's... I don't know, there's this whole story and the goal is to 
to to stop it from doing its evil plan and blah blah. Well, I'd like to to tw to put a twist on it so that when the players expect this final encounter to be about something, it might be about something else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, that's yeah. That that's part of your uh, your your GM card. I feel eh? The, yeah, it is, <laughs> <laughs> and it's good. It's it's a great thing to to do. And and I'm actually happy you talked about. That that feeling of inescapability a little bit there with with the with the zombies and the particularly for the zombies in that trope, but I feel like that's this feeling of not being able to get away from what's what's causing you dread is I think uh, a pretty stereotypical cause for fear, which also you know is is obviously a, a good thing or not a good thing, but is something that can be associated with Halloween games, right? This, this sense of fear or this sense of tension, mm -hmm. um, and it reminds me a lot of of something that I wanted to talk about. But before I I, I jump to that, was there anything else that you wanted to? No, that's to... good. I think we're going to jump back and forth, and you can just go and yeah, we'll we'll okay, see. Yeah. Go so ahead. I mean, one of the one of the things that I wanted to talk about is a specific author, a specific manga author named uh, Junji Ito. And he's uh, he's probably one of the great manga authors, and he's he's written a number of short short stories, and then a couple of longer collections. But essentially, all of his all of his his books or his, his comics are are these like I mean they're, they're they're categorized as horror manga, but they're they're they they very often depict very grotesque creatures, very very. Uh, disturbing creatures like they're this these gigantic shark creatures with monster spider legs that travel through a town and, and devour people uh, you know it's very fright inducing but one of the things that sorry i'll back up it's very fright inducing and it rem and, and he often tries to play on that sense of the characters like will they be able to escape the creature will they be able to survive mm -hmm. Um, but a couple of the stories that he's written that are especially like interesting to me uh, is there's one called the it's called the spiral or Uzumaki, and it's essentially for, for those of you listening, if you don't want it to be too spoiled, I I'm not going to spoil the end, but I'm going to give a pretty broad sense of what goes on in this story, and basically. It's this village, this Japanese village, that has this curse on it, and people's bodies start to deform to the point where eventually they they spiral up into this really tight coil, and then they die. Oh, <laughs> it's like really intense. Um, and the, the the characters they they see it happening to other people, and it's and and they can. You know, when they start to feel it happening to them, there's this sense of dread because it's inescapable. They, they can't, like, you could run away from a, a, a monster, but you can't run away from your own body being, like, deformed to the point of, 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 of death, right? So, so it's, it, it, he really pushes the boundary of that, that, that feeling of being, being inescapable. And one of these days, I want to try to run it in a game, I don't. I don't really know how I would do that, and obviously, I would do it with people who consent to <laughs> to playing a game like this. But 
it, it, I've always found that so fascinating and he does such a good job of, of tapping into that emotion. That it's really, mm. really cool. That's cool. That's cool. It's, um, like even you describing it, I kind of had the feeling of like, oh, that's that's harsh, and that's that is the feeling of a of a scary movie, or a, it's even worse because you kind of like it becomes personal when you like say it like that, and especially in a role playing game, you have to be careful because people mm -hmm, are mm -hmm. might be living it a lot. But this is definitely like I feel also like this the same way I think zombies are popular because they they kind of explore the theme of like humans being afraid of diseases. And I mean, right now it's a lot, it's in the, in the news a lot, but like, yeah. I think what you're saying for me kind of brought the emotion of like the humans kind of fearing their own mortality and like getting older, maybe, or at least that's the emotion I got from it. So I don't know. I think maybe you can have different emotion for different people, but I think it's often themes like that, that, Halloween games may explore that the whatever scares you, you can do a game about it. As abstract as it as you can think of, about the subject, as like being afraid of getting old, uh, you can do a game about it, you know. And that that could be a good inspiration point. So, yeah, so and it's for those of you listening, Chris and I toyed with the idea of of today's episode being specifically talking about fear and like how to. Like what what fear is in a role playing game and, and how to try to tap into that emotion if people you know if you have a group of people who are willing to live through the that experience with you so it's um you know let us know for those of you listening if that's something that you'd be interested in 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 talking in you know hearing us talk about um but yeah sorry I, I cut you off Chris please no 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 I mean it's good it's good that you mentioned it there and like the today's episode is not about that exactly it was more the generic like halloween theme thing uh but yeah i think there's definitely something to be said about like how do you invoke those feelings you know i mean we're touching on it a little bit but there's definitely a way to there's specific button you can press that might be one of it but yeah uh but yeah i was just gonna say this the the thing you're saying of like inescapability anyway whatever world it is uh <laughs> where like you're kind of I think it brings me to another kind of like Halloween tropes, which I mean it's a bit broader than Halloween, is is the, the thing of like being trapped. I kind of mentioned it with the goblins before, where you're in a cabin and you're trapped and there's enemies all around it. One of the famous movies that do that, which is maybe not considered a Halloween movie, but it definitely has the same root, would be Alien, where they're trapped in a ship um, and, and there's a big Alien. And at the beginning, they're like, oh, there's no danger. And then it's like, oh, we'll kill the beast. And at the end, they're like, no, we'll run away. You know, and it's that could be a cool Halloween game to run. And that's kind of it, it was part of the inspiration of my of my Halloween game from the previous game with the tombs. So it was it was a mix of different types of inspiration of like generic um Halloween movies, I guess. So there was this big monster who was kind of a skeleton uh, assembled of like multiple skeletons and big claws. And and they were going into a mine where this was there. And one of the way I kind of created that tension was that at the beginning, they they found, they knew there was missing people, like people that came there was were missing. 
and they found some of some of them dead with uh, a journal kind of like Lord of the Rings style saying like, oh, we can't escape. We're trapped here and they're coming. Uh, the monster is coming with a like very broad description of it. So the, and and they saw <clears throat> sorry the effect of that monster on like a door being torn open and stuff like that. So that when they were turning every corner, they were like making sure that creature wasn't there. And obviously, at the end, the creature showed up, and it's it was dangerous and it was slow and it was coming, but it was powerful. So this thing of like oh and in that in that game also like the two step I was talking about the two floors the monster was at the bottom. But some of the people fell into that hole, and now the monster was attacking them. So that fe- gave this feeling of like being trapped alone with that big monster. So that was kind of coming from something like Alien. So in terms of inspiration, you can take something that's not even like... I mean, I don't know. Would you consider Alien to be a... I mean, it's the scary movie? It's Yeah, it's a, it's a scary movie that I, I, I suppose if you qualify scary movies to be yeah. under the same uh same umbrella as, as halloween movies I, I guess the the what makes it feel like not a halloween movie to me is is that it's sci-fi it's sci-fi yeah. for some reason i i don't associate sci-fi to halloween but um but, but this yeah this feeling of being trapped in a location like you know they are in space a, a lot of horror movies are, like you said, in a in a cabin in the woods by themselves, or at a cottage somewhere. Th- that's often the setting for a Halloween or for for a, for a horror movie. So I mm-hmm. think if you are thinking of running a Halloween game, you probably can't go wrong with a setting similar to that. And, and now that I think about it, the the example I used, uh, the spooky, the, it was a game with a with ghosts on a ship again. Like not even on purpose. I don't. I, I didn't even think of it. But being on a, an, a on an abandoned ship is kind of isolated in its own sense. Um, mm-hmm. so, so yeah, I think that's that's definitely a one of those tropes that if you want to run a game, just start with that, and you're probably you're probably set for for your one shot or your two shot or whatever. And I think maybe that's why it it works well with one shots because you just have to prep that location. They're trapped there, you know, like getting away is they're, they're done. So you can easily, it's self-contained, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what about the, another one? I see here, you have something called that. I don't know. Laird Baron. What's that? Okay. I'll talk about, I'll talk about that then. That's a, that's a good one. Um, so f- for those of you listening who like HP Lovecraft that like, uh, Call of Cthulhu that like any of the Cthulhu mythos, uh, you know all of those 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 strange, bizarre creatures intersecting with with our reality, our like plane of existence or what have you. Um, it's it, Laird Baron is an author. He's an author that I discovered uh, several years ago now, and I, I would consider him to be like a modern. Uh, a modern H.P. Lovecraft. Maybe that's high praise. And for those of you listening that want to tell me otherwise, contact me on Twitter <laughs> at RoleplayChat. Come at me. <laughs> Stop baiting people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, I, I think he's fantastic. If you guys like that that kind of that kind of stuff, I, I would highly recommend his work. And he has a, quite a few collections of short stories 
and I, I know this is similar to, to my other recommendation, but I, I guess I really like short stories when it comes to horror and, and, you know, spooky, scary things, but he does a really good job of telling these stories where there's kind of like this seemingly normal person in a seemingly normal environment. And, and they kind of cross paths with one of these, these strange creatures from another realm he doesn't really specifically speak to you know the the Cthulhu creatures that everyone knows the deep ones and the and Cthulhu himself but but he he has a lot of creatures that are similar i think in 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 description and kind of like a nod to those those kinds of spooky monsters so it's uh it's kind of a, the inexplainable meets reality so a, a lot of his short stories I've considered to be, again, you know, from start to finish, short enough, concise enough that they would make for very good inspiration for 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 a game. And, and I've considered running games based off of his work, and I've actually run one game off of his work. Um, it, it was a it was the story of a hunting party that meet up in this estate and they 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 go off to hunt like you know like like a hunting camp they go off to hunt deer or what have you and as they spend a couple of days in the woods camping and what have you they the 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 characters tell each other stories of this one creature in the woods that 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 some people have seen when they've come to the hunting camp but no one's ever been able to get a full picture of it and obviously it's one of these these strange demonic creatures that that I was alluding to, but I, I ran that game where the players were on the hunting trip, and some of the NPCs were the ones kind of seeding and feeding the information about this potential beast out there, and then it ended with the with the party encountering the beast and fighting the beast. So it was, I I felt like the cadence of his of his short stories lend themselves very well to to role playing games. So if you're interested, that's uh, Laird Baron. Uh, he has a couple of books. The, the, the one that I really like is called The Beautiful Thing That Awaits Us All. Um, and it's, like I said, a collection of short stories. It's quite good. It's that's not cool. for the... Do you have it? Can yeah. you lend it to me? Yeah, I do. I do. Actually, I think I lent it to Vince. But I'll... <laughs> 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 but, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely try to get it back and give it to you. It's, it's a good book. Cool. So I, I like the... Uh... Yeah, like the let's get together and let's hunt a creature that we don't really know what it is and it might be bigger than us but but we'll do it together otherwise there's certain doom which is kind of the cthulhu thing you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly or the it's lair that. baron thing I guess. but yeah, <laughs> so that's good i always say that it, I, that theme talks to me because again like i said multiple times i'm a fan of warhammer and for me warhammer is cthulhu in the fantasy world that's what it is. The main Warhammer game, like the any adventure, is there's a bunch of cultists. They're doing things to bring a big ritual to bring some creature of evil. And you have to basically investigate the thing until the climax of the story is them in, like doing this ritual. And you have to stop it and potentially stop this creature after. Uh, that's almost all Warhammer adventures, like main Warhammer adventures, like the core books in the core books and then some of the main ones are 
there's this in it. So, and for me, I actually learned about Cthulhu way after Warhammer, and I was like, the same kind of a vibe is just Cthulhu is in like a semi-modern world where Warhammer is in a fantasy world. So I think it it works well for for this and. It's it's a it's it's good. I, I'd be interested in in uh, reading it so that I can maybe steal some some cool stuff from it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, there, there's a few other authors too. I I, mean, I don't have their names offhand. Uh, most of their work is set in in a modern reality, though, uh, including including the ones that I just recommended. Um, but they're they're usually in a environment that kind of translates itself well. To any time frame, um, so like for instance, the hunting party is it w- was one very. It, it was set in a modern setting, like the, the people were hunting with with regular right like modern rifles and that kind of stuff. But uh, all you got to do is is throw on the throw on the fantasy flair or wh- whatever setting you're using the flair for it. Um, I mean, it's the same thing with Alien. We were saying it's sci-fi. I mean, it's the same thing you can do. You know, it's sci-fi and fantasy are the the story doesn't restrict to one or the other. It's just the theme you put you put on it. And yeah, I kind of like that how you said, like you you said like, oh, I want to run viral, or like I I I did run this story of of Laird Baron. It's it's funny for me. Like you read a story and you're like, oh, I'm gonna run this as a role playing game. It's so. It, it it works so like hand in hand. And yeah, it's cool. it's fun, it, it, I, especially with short stories. Like I feel like yeah. long narratives are a lot harder and require uh, too much, like too many things to go the way the story has them foretold to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in a short story, I mean, half of the short story is the setting and the and the and the characters. And usually, like whatever the pivotal, like climactic moment is, so you just fill in the rest with 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 game, and you you've got it you've got it figured out. Um, yeah, and for for me, like the equivalent of these short stories are also like movie shows that are very episodic. I think lots of movie uh, sorry TV shows starts like that. Like for me, this, this like hunt monster that is like killing a bunch of people. Uh, the episodic version of this is for me. It's supernatural, like uh, the show Supernatural. The first, I want to say, at least two seasons, three seasons are, at least the first one is very concentrated on those monsters. You know, like werewolves, ghouls, and and I'll say harpies. I don't think there's harpies, but like you know, like monsters that are there, and you you show up. There's people that are missing, and you want to, you need to investigate and kill the monster at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Supernatural is a great inspiration for that. At one point, they become like weird with like, you know, they have angels and and demons, and I mean, it's it's a another type of games. It's a little bit le- uh, it's a less about this like dread, um, but because of the power creep. But anyway, I think Supernatural, at least the first season, is great for Halloween inspiration for one shots or even a string of one shots. Have you ever yeah, seen Supernatural? Yeah. I I've watched a little bit of it and I, I actually I, I agree with you very much because it's especially the setup, right? Like you can you can borrow mm-hmm. the setup of the episode almost verbatim 
the the episodic nature of the show also lends itself very well to 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 being played in like a one shot or what have you. Uh, I mean, it could even be pretty cool. One of these days, I'd love to play in a game where like the whole game is episodic like that, where yeah. you're just you know you're you're part you're you're part of a uh, an association that travels to to defeat monsters, for instance, and and every episode is just you coming off your like being teleported there or whatever, and you just the whole game is happening in one in one night, and then you teleport back, and that's it. It's done. Um, yeah, I always actually, I've I've been, I've always thought that if I was going to do episodic games, it would be a bunch of version of witch hunters in Warhammer again, and and that would be this. It would basically be supernatural. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, cool. you run a bunch of one shot with heists, which was like a bunch of thieves. For me, I, I think I would run monster hunters because I think there's a little bit like Halloween games that it's very broad, but at the same time, it's easy to be just oh, you come here, you've been. You heard that in the last two weeks, three people went missing, and there's these traits, and you just start with the setup, and you just go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it would be it would be a fun game, and then you can maybe have an overarching narrative, a bit like they do in the first seasons of Supernatural. But I think I think uh, yeah, I think that's cool. Sweet, yeah. Um, I mean, speaking of Supernatural and and a lot of these creatures and things. It, it makes me think of something that I actually didn't include on my list, but um, it's. It, I think it's a pretty popular podcast at this point. So for those of you listening, you, you've probably heard of it, but uh, there, there is a podcast that I listen to called and lore is, has, has been inspiration for me and has been interesting to listen to. And it's essentially every episode the the author goes through the history and lore of you know, uh, one creature in its mythology, or, or one mm. the the yep. history of werewolves, or the history of vampires, and, and this this show has been going on for ages, and I think they're you know they're they're se- several seasons in with hundreds of episodes, and every time they they still manage to find interesting content. Um, so it, it might be kind of daunting to go back and and listen to some of that stuff, but if you've never heard of it. Uh, and by no means, this episode is not sponsored by any of the things that we're talking about. <laughs> sponsored <laughs> by, by Walking Dead. <laughs> I um, but um, but yeah, that that could be something. It, it, it kind of spoke to this supernatural monster hunt thing that you were talking about, Chris. Where mm-hmm. we get these uh, fun stories. Uh, I mean, I'm, without I'm, necessarily listening to the whole thing, I think it's a cool research tool if you want to run Werewolf to go there and see their Werewolf episode. I'm sure it's it would be inspirational. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I he, they basically do the research for you and then <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then talk to you about it. So it's uh, it's entertaining. Um, and, and I mean, podcasts in general can be a pretty good source for Halloween stuff. Um, I'm going to go really into the deep end here, guys, so bear with me. But there's actually a French, like a French-Canadian uh, <laughs> podcast that I, I, I listened to a while ago. And I was listening to it, Chris, because I had to do a French exam for work. I had to, like, test my French uh, writing, reading, and speaking. And, I mean, I consider myself to be 
basically bilingual, fluently bilingual. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, like, but, how is that, like, for like, we talk French all the time, like, outside of podcasts. <laughs> like, I mean, you're perfectly, I mean, I understand maybe writing and at worst, maybe reading, but, like, a podcast wouldn't help you with that, no? Were you just writing no, no, the podcast? But, I don't know. No, no, no. But just speaking is, like, they, they like, not to get too much into it, but they really pick on any little any little mistake and that if, if you make a little little mistake then you can't be exempt from taking the test you you would like so so i oh, yeah, yeah. i still have to take it every like five years really? or whatever yeah but uh, one of these days i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna try to get myself exempt but anyway so i was listening to this podcast and it's like a cold case podcast kind of like a you know police cold case files mm -hmm. that kind of thing and the 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 story was the story of a, of a of a woman who disappeared and one of her family members who's still alive um is convinced that she was murdered and has all of these like old letters and uh like a little journal and the the whole podcast is this private investigator going but like it's it's clips between the the lady speaking about great great grandmother or what have you and then the private investigator interviewing random people and as they piece together what happened to 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 this lady um they they, they basically piece together this inch, very interesting mystery about what happened to her and i i think that that element of solving a mystery especially like a murder case or or something related to that is is another side of halloween and another side of the scary that people could consider exploring when they when they run a halloween game you know it's, it's not always about monsters and vampires but it, it could be maybe a little bit more grounded in that reality so what's the podcast called yeah it's called l'ombre du doute so the i guess shadow of a doubt Mm -hmm. And and the, the the private investigator is is I I suppose that the the joke is that he's trying to solve this beyond a shadow of a doubt. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's quite good. It's a it's a Radio Canada uh, podcast. Yeah, I, Canadians. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. That's a cool inspiration. Like in real life, I mean, there's also like you know like Netflix where there's a bunch of things about like murderers and. There's also shows like um, what's the what's the thing? Mine Hunters. Yeah, Mine Hunters, or I mean, I suppose you could even go as far back as like X Files or any of those shows. Mm, true, Alien, um, Alien again, Alien because it's sci-fi for me doesn't feel Halloween, but I would like I'm not into sci-fi that much, but like if we take this and we wrap it in something like we remove the alien and we put. A werewolf instead, like maybe not a werewolf, but like the equivalent. I, I that'd be interesting for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So I hope that was useful for all two of you out there that are also <laughs> French Canadian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it's inspiration, right? So just that's that's the goal today. It's not to tell you how to do it. It's just to say like ideas, and maybe you can have like a little like spark of inspiration and and run this. Mm -hmm. uh for me like i said like like your thing of like investigation this year i'm going more like this because in the story it wouldn't make 
I mean, I could I could probably do something a little bit more spooky, but for me, I wanted to go a little bit more um, brainy, you know, like intellectual of like solving something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's what I went with. But uh, uh, like I watched yesterday, actually, or the day before, maybe I think it was yesterday. I watched Knives Out on Netflix, which is very like a clue type uh, movie, but like. Really well acted, very good movie with a cool twist. I, I'm usually the kind of person who watch a movie and uh, try to deduce the end, and I and I got good at it. And this was not uh, was not clear. You know, it was it was a good it was a very good good movie. So I would suggest cool. I would encourage people to watch it, and maybe you can inspir- get inspiration from that. Uh, and that's actually like watching it. I was like, oh, you know what? I didn't do like I kind of put you guys in the in the shoes of the investigator which for me was kind of like natural but i think a another fun way of running it and would be more of a one shot than would be that you guys are the one being investigated oh that uh, could be interesting and maybe you guys all need together to solve the murder but and then you get to the those traitor thing where like one of you guys is the murderer and then it's like a murder a murder mystery game that you can buy anywhere and i've actually been toying with the ideas and i've i told myself i would do this but i don't I, I didn't commit to it yet but like you know like we used to have like you know vince used to have those like halloween parties every year uh, mm-hmm. but he doesn't do them anymore and i was kind of like you know you guys have uh, thanksgiving we have another group of friends who have like uh christmas i figured my wife and i could take t- could take halloween and we could do like a year murder mystery game with i would run basically a role-playing games but we could get the all our wives in it too <laughs> and i wrap it as like a murder mystery thing but really it's a role-playing game but like that we're just standing in like in the house and the the whole house is the playing ground but i give characters or maybe come up with characters with the player anyway like yeah, run yeah. like a yearly thing today this year obviously it's not going to happen because covid and baby but I don't know. I'd like the idea of having this recurring game that all my friends can participate in. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, murder mysteries, like you said, are are a fantastic inspiration for for a one shot. You, you don't necessarily need to, you know, take exactly the same, exactly the same. Uh, what what's the, the like narrative beat as mm-hmm. the, as the murder mystery game? But it's you know it, it often includes. Uh, a pretty detailed setting, a pretty detailed, like pretty detailed characters, like NPCs that you could you could have, or or even player characters that you could give to your players. So yeah, I, I really like that you brought that up. Murder mysteries can be, and and like if you have a murder mystery laying around, it can be recycled for inspiration as as a role playing game. You know, it's Sherlock Holmes, man. Your game, your oh it, yeah, I think it's called Sherlock Holmes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holmes? Sherlock Just Holmes, Holmes maybe? Con- the consulting detective or something. Actually, you know what? Let me go look. Keep, yeah. Say something interesting while I go look. <laughs> okay, you go, because that's a good one. Uh, the, the, only, the, the other thing I wanted to mention um, is the fact that we've been talking about things that are very isolated. I think there's something to be said about mixing them. So I talked about my game last year where there was... Uh, I said, oh, there's, there was basically three games. Well, the setup was that Coming in, they first had to get to the entrance, and there was ghosts, and it was kind of like more of a spooky game, poltergeist style, exorcism style, where 
people were like hearing screams of like banshee and maybe there, there was things like that and then that was the the let's say one game the second game it was this big monster coming to hunt them and then there was this feeling of being stuck there and this kind of like a slasher movie because at one point there was some of the npc that were with them that were getting killed so it was kind of like a slasher movie of can we defeat it before we all die and there was like they were even running away and then fighting back and it was the second game was more about that the third game was more of a necromancer with the skeletons and the zombies and this the the twist i've put on it was the fact that once they get they got the necromancer which was supposed to be the, the big bad of the place it was revealed that this necromancer was actually possessed was controlled by a lich a stronger necromancer uh and that was kind of the the poltergeist thing where and, and they, they that's where they realize like oh this mind keeps going like we are not through to this place it's a there's a lot more threats to it there's a whole new floor to it and one of my players is actually you map is a, a, a magic user too so to see that actually what happened is a lich took control of a magic user who showed up here and made him his puppet say it nicely and and that person is now possessed and doing the bidding of this more evil more powerful creature kind of i think created this okay this is a serious boss and that's when you guys were like yeah let's not do this we're not at the right level and i kind of started the game by telling telling the people like this is a push your luck kind of game where i don't expect you to go and reach the end it's about getting as much loot as you can and then getting back alive alive yeah. alive sorry uh so i think it really set up this whole like three games of like different version of a Halloween game. So mixing all of these together is is also kind of the fun in creating that type of games. Yeah, and, and uh, th thanks, Chris. I, I'm back. Um, okay. <laughs> you're listening it. Yeah, it's called Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, and there's a there's an expansion to it called Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective: The West End Adventures. And uh, like Chris was saying, it's basically a, a collection of mysteries that you try to solve as Sherlock Holmes, and um, they're all, it's, it's like in isolation as a as a as a board game. It's a lot of fun, and if you have a group of people that you know you want to spend the night with, trying to solve a mystery with, I highly recommend it. But like Chris was saying, it's it's also great. Uh, role-playing game inspiration maybe i, I mean I'm not, I'm not sure exactly if i would classify it as halloween um no it's really like murder mystery it's very shallow combs right but yeah yeah exactly i don't know why i put murder mystery in the halloween movies maybe it's not i mean it's just i think if you put a murder mystery and then you add like a slap like like people keep dying it becomes a halloween thing yeah, or, no, or not, maybe the not, the murderer, murderer like turns into a werewolf or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's true. Uh, cool, cool. Um, I mean, we're we're running a little bit long. I'm okay with skipping what's left on my inspiration list. We're running through it very quickly, Chris. I'm not sure if you had the chance to to cover all the things that you wanted to cover. Uh, I mean, I'll just maybe uh, mention another thing 
a couple of things, and then I'll let you finish with your with with your last element. Like, so for me, I, I mentioned a little bit about the slasher movies. I think a, one good slasher movie uh, on Netflix is called The Babysitter. It's a slasher movie, but it's reverse. Instead of being like normally in a slasher movie, there's a bunch of like high school people that are like you know the jock and everything, and the the, the popular girl, and they're all getting killed by this big evil. This is the reverse where there's a bunch of people that are evil that are those like the 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 jock and the <laughs> popular girl and they're trying to kill one like scrawny guy but he keeps killing them. It's it's a joke movie kind of it's like laughing about slashers like it's it's yeah. really cool. It's it takes all the tropes and like flip it on it on its head. It it, it it was cool. And the other thing I just wanted to mention is uh, another like this a uh, uh, a way of mixing those uh, if you are interesting in Warhammer. It's called A Rough Night at the Three Fetters. It's kind of a one-shot that makes poltergeist, trap in the location, murder mystery, uh, a bunch of other things. I don't want to go into details because I might run it at one point and Matt might be one of my players. <laughs> um, but if you want to check this out, how to mix different kind of Halloween games, it could be a good starting point for your game. Cool, yeah. And, and then I guess the last thing that I wanted to touch on is that you can also, you know, you could classify a game with a shock value or with jump scares as a halloween game so it's it is something to, to think about having jump scares or, or shock value in your games obviously the same the same caveats that i talked about before you know if, if you're going to put in content that's shocking because it's gross or gross gruesome or whatever make sure you you you, you get the consent of everybody at the table but um that being said, if, if you have that consent, there there is a lot of gross content out there. Uh, one movie that I, I watched ages ago, and now I watch it like for jokes, is the Human Centipede. It's like I've this, never seen it. I know the I know the like the <laughs> hook, but I've never seen it. It's it's kind of the premise is kind of gross, and I'm I, I won't say it here for those of you listening, but it's it's it's, it's like shockingly disturbing. Uh, with really bad acting, and you could, in theory, I think, run games like this where, where you have that that spooky, gross shock value, um, mm -hmm. and and you could potentially classify it as a Halloween game. So, for those of you listening that think you might want to do that, and you haven't heard of the Human Centipede, go ahead. Uh, another one that's kind of gross but also kind of good is called Dead Girl. Uh, two high school boys find a basically like a a zombie and do gross things with a zombie but anyway um <laughs> <laughs> actually like you talked about this and like make me think of other things so i know we're we're, we're long but like i i want to mention it anyway uh there's i mean the the classic saw i think like where you're you're kind of like mixing puzzles with halloween uh, like, like being scary i wouldn't run like the exact saw where you're just trapped but like the thing where maybe you're trapped Maybe in the more like Saw 2, where there's a group of people trapped in a house and you have to solve puzzle because like a crazy person put them there and that only one person will survive or whatever the version of it you want it to be. I think that'd be cool. Uh, the other thing, like you talk about like shock value made me think of, I always wanted to use like a prop that's, you know, when you're like in elementary school, they have on Halloween the thing where like you put your hand in a box and it's like, it feels gross, but it's just oh, like, yeah. spaghetti and like like you know, like use that in a role-playing game could be fun too, like fun. tactile thing. Yeah, that could be really cool. 
like like yeah. e- even like even the spaghetti example right like if if you you tell the players that like oh you i, I don't i can't even think of something but no like, but like he, want... there's a box and like the players is like oh you need to put the hand in the box and they don't expect it but you bring an actual box and you describe the feeling of i don't know wiggling worms as they do it uh-huh uh-huh that'd be cool and even to get like a key out or something right like they need to they need to go yeah. and get a key to open a door it's not a hard puzzle to do but it would be a lived experience that that a role-playing game would i think be the best um the best medium to to get the players to live that experience cool i like it i'm inspired i want to I want to run thing. I'm kind of like my murder mis- like right now I don't have a lot of time so my murder mystery thing is might not be at the same level as I would want it to be, but I'm excited about eventually running something something like that. Like this every year murder <laughs> mystery thing with maybe like those boxes of different disgusting things. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to hold you to it. I want to I want to have a murder mystery next year. Assuming <laughs> assuming we can. <laughs> yeah, assuming we can. I mean, Vince last uh the last game the last time he planned one of those things, it was kind of like this mystery thing where we had to solve all the lost ghosts and to do this. It was a bunch of puzzly things and one of them was finding specific object in a gross like cauldron. So I mean, he kind of did it a little bit, but I'm thinking more of like actual like playing characters at the same time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so I mean, I, I, I guess we can quickly summarize what we talked about today. Um, so for those who are listening and, and want to recap, we, we, you know, we talked about Halloween games, and we, you know, for, for us, we think that they're different because th- there is a level of understanding about f- from your players, you know, what a Halloween game might be. Uh, there's a lot of touchstones that they recognize, so it makes running a Halloween game uh, particularly easy, especially when it comes to you know, descriptions and, and setting expectations. Yes, and the fact that the Halloween is is limiting enough, but at the same time broad enough to like be conducive to being inspired is, uh, I think, what makes it different from maybe other holidays or maybe other subjects. Like, there's a common ground of what everybody thinks it is, and you can build on this. And then we, we you know, went through a number of things that we used as inspiration or want to use in a, in a Halloween-themed game. I'm not going to go through that list right now, <laughs> but maybe I'll uh, copy and paste something into the show notes. So if that's something that you, know, you want to have a written record of, you can go check that out. Yeah, but I think I, the, the point was whatever you read, whatever you, you hear or see or whatever could be inspiration. And I think the, at the core, these spooky games are to take something that elicit, that, that creates um, fear or like a, a, this kind of reaction of dread, of disgust, or those, those kind of negative emotions, but in a, con- like in a very um, controlled environment becomes weirdly enjoyable, kind of like a roller coaster, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then build upon an idea of like one of those emotions and trying to elicit to create this in your inner players. And we also mentioned the fact that in those games, often ambience, sound, uh, feelings, uh, candle smells might be even more important than in usual games. Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. 
and uh, we'd love to hear from you if you do run a Halloween game. Uh, you know, what did, what was your Halloween game? Was it a one shot? Was it part of your your regular scheduled games? And was it like integrated? Um, so please reach out to us. Let us know. You can contact us on Twitter. That's at roll underscore play underscore chat. Or we have an email that's contactroleplaychat at gmail.com. And with that, I think that's everything for Halloween, or at least for this year. Right, Chris? It is, Matt. <laughs> Let's call it a chat. Oh, oh, oh!